And these are regrets that are, you know, being unfaithful, uh, anything, people uh, bullying, um, not speaking up. And it's basically you think back on that and you you say, you know, if only I had done the right thing. And it was really surprising how many people actually um, shared, you know, that this is something that they did and that they actually um, regretted, you know, these regrets of hurting other people was a lot more common than, than, you know, than, than he expected. Yeah, that's one that like when you give that example, then because when you first told me about this book and um, that was how we started having the discussion about the Maya episode that we discussed and everything, I found it hard to get into a space where I'm thinking like, but wait a second. And I listened to the episode of him on Maya's podcast, which was fantastic. We'll link it up in the um, notes of this episode. The way that he describes the importance of regret is something that I had never considered before. Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact, and we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. I'm Kate. And I'm Nicole. And welcome back to another Candid Conversation with us. Each week, we bring you a new conversation about a topic that we can relate to. We share our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you'll realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hi, Nicole. Hello, Kate. I just saw your name in the Zoom thing, and I just saw that you put Kate Erickson Dumas. What do you think? It looks pretty good, right? I didn't notice it up until this time that we've been talking. Oh, that's so funny. (laughs) I actually went on a spree yesterday. And just to be fully transparent, friends, it's the middle of December when we're recording this episode. We're trying to get ahead for our holiday cheer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just thought, you know what? I'm going to start the new year with my new name. So I changed it on all my social media profiles, even updated my email thing. You know how you can like have it, like tell it how you want it to show up, like in your inbox Mm -hmm. when you send messages and stuff. So I changed it in my inbox. I changed it on my WhatsApp. I changed it on Signal. So just did a a whole little change around. Amazing. (laughs) Okay. So now you are officially using, it's not hyphenated, right? No, I didn't hyphenate. And technically, like my driver's license isn't like mm-hmm. all that stuff isn't changed over yet. But I'm like, that's OK. Why am I waiting for all this paperwork and bureaucracy? <laughs> right. Just If I, I if I want to change it on all my things, I can. So you made the decision because I remember we talked about this a long time ago. And now I think we had a marriage episode back, back in the day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. OK. Yeah. Oh, good for so you. So at least, at least socially, mm-hmm. this is how I'm rolling. Okay. All right. Kate Erickson Dumas. Love it. It's very, um, yeah. it's quite regal in some ways. I don't know. It's just, oh, why well, thank you. Sounds very nice. Dumas, if we're going to be French about <laughs> That's it. That's right. <laughs> um, I also want our friends to know that I am not holding you hostage and making you just like blow out your voice. I know your throat's been <laughs> feeling a little scratchy, but you're feeling good, right? Mm. 
I'm feeling good. I uh, was a bit under the weather the past week. Um, weird to be sick during uh, summertime because it is summer right. here in Sydney. But, you know, there's these funny things in this post-COVID world going around, colds and flus and, you know, little nasties. And, yep, I happened to catch one. And so, not COVID. Funny, everyone asks you is it COVID? Yeah, is it COVID? yeah isn't that the new is it COVID? thing is it COVID? right right oh you have to qualify and say not COVID. right got a bit of got a bit of a cold but it's not COVID. Yeah. um so yeah but i'm totally up for recording so just excuse this very yeah kind of congested sounding voice mm. of mine as long <laughs> as you're feeling good which you've assured me that you are Absolutely, absolutely. So you get to yeah. go out and do a bit of your Christmas shopping and stuff this weekend, huh? Right, yes, because it was planned for last weekend, but I just stayed home in my Jimmy Jams and just mm-hmm. watched a whole lot of Netflix. <laughs> and so didn't do any Christmas shopping, so I'll be doing that this weekend, quite frantically probably with a lot of people as we are getting close. Yeah. To the actual, yeah. I don't know. I actually think it's kind of fun that way, though, because, you know, everyone's in the Christmas spirit and decorations are out. And I remember going to the mall when it was real busy and everyone's hustling and bustling around i don't know it kind of adds to it i think it adds to it and plus it keeps you kind of focused and on track it's not like i'll come back for that no you've got to get it done yeah you can't just be leisurely about it (laughs) exactly no toing and froing like i ain't coming back it's either now or never How's your week been? My week has been good. We are prepping um, for our trip to Cancun, which we leave in just a couple days here. So I've been trying to get ahead on all of my tasks. And um, yeah, I love just like doing everything ahead so that when I'm traveling, I don't have anything that I have to do. So Mm. just kind of getting all that in order. I've had an incredibly productive day today, so I feel really good about that. And I get to top it off with chatting with you. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. Well, today we are going to be talking about what books we're reading right now, which I'm excited for. (laughs) Me too. Yeah. I mean, it's so often you and I chat and you'll mention a book you're reading or you'll ask me about like if I've read a book and we talk about it a lot offline. So we finally figured, man, we've had this conversation so many times about like different books we're reading. Let's gather them all together and share them with our friends. Why not? Why not? And we do have multiple books going at the same at the one time, which um, I don't know how everyone feels about that, but I that's kind of the way I roll. So um, I'll be going. Yeah, we'll be covering a few books that we're reading at the one time. You've actually influenced me in this area. I was never a multiple book reader, and I've very recently become one because you said that you read all these kinds of books at the same time. So I'm like. Oh, I guess I can do that too. <laughs> you know, I don't. I hope I'm not a negative influence. I I think there'd be people that would be quite strongly opposed to. Mm-hmm. I think it was Steph when we had yeah. Steph on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, look, it's, so far for me, it works. And um, if it's going to be working for you too, then why not? 
the one way to do things. You know what I really like about it is oftentimes I'll be reading a book and I can't really get into it, but I just, I feel like I force myself to continue just because it's the only book that I'm reading. And I think if I stop Mm -hmm. reading it, I'm going to have to go find the next one, which always seems like such a big job for me for whatever reason. And so like I kind of end up continuing to read a book that I'm not really that into. But now that I'm reading multiple books at the same time, I can just hop to a different one, which I really like. I think it's a great uh, way of getting through books. I don't know if there's any scientific backing, but I think if it helps us and if we enjoy it, why not? So I've got four going at the one time. How many do you have right now? Um, I think I have four as well. You must have finished one of yours recently because I think you were reading five the last time. You are right. We And thanks thanks to our conversations, um, I finished How to Live by Derek Sivers, oh, which we covered. Yeah. So we do eventually finish them. You know, yes. That's, you know, another, another thing to point out here is that I do eventually finish them. <laughs> and so, so there were five and now there are four. Okay. Well, I'm excited to hear about what you have on your list. Maybe you'll inspire me and our friends to pick up one or two of them. So let's dive in. And then after you share yours, I'll share mine. I love it. Okay. So this one book that I'll be talking about first is one that I'm recommending to so many people. It's, um, I guess it's a business book. It's a nonfiction book. It's called Free Time, Lose the Busy Work, Love Your Business by Jenny Blake. Mm-hmm. You heard of this book? I have not heard of this book, but I've read Jenny Blake before and I like her. She's great. She's such an awesome person. Um, so I am two thirds through and it, look, it's a very dense book. It's got a lot in it, which is, you know, Jenny Blake is just packed like her stuff is just so much she's got so much value um, that she offers every single time um, I think why I talk I talk about it a lot with you know friends in in the entrepreneurial space because it, I think you could read it if you're not an entrepreneur I do think it is also relevant to say someone who's in management but it does serve um, I think an underserved business owner mm. so a small business owner which I think I don't know if maybe you agree, but I think there's a lot of business books out there that either serve, you know, this kind of the startup, the first idea phase when you you haven't launched yet, um, you know, mindset stuff, all of that to then books that will be very, you know, you'd, you'd have to have like a team of a hundred mm-hmm. or plus making, you know, hundreds of millions um, in revenue annually. But there's that kind of middle of the road where you've launched, you've got traction, you know, you're making money, you've got product market fit. But as a business owner, you're still struggling and you're starting to get burnt out. You're starting to not like your business. Yeah. Um, And I think there's a lot of businesses that fall into that category, a lot of small business owners. And so I think this book is great for that for that person. I definitely dig the title, Free Time. I want free time and I always want to lose the busy work. <laughs> and loving your business is great. So I feel like the title of this book hits all the hot spots. Mm, that's a good point. But I think uh, one thing to point out too, because yeah, the title gives away like, I don't know if it kind of evokes kind of the four hour work week, mm. you know, Tim Ferriss, yeah. where you, you're, you're working a lot less. Um, while like you're reclaiming time, I think there's a lot in the book um, that you're reclaiming your time, but it's more about, and you're going to love this, it's more about the systems that you create in your business to make your business efficient, mm. to automate as much as possible, and to be, and to um, make sure that you're actually working on 
elements and working on things that are aligned with your values, that you enjoy, that give you energy so that you don't start hating your business. You start, you know, you're not working inefficiently. Yeah. So you're still working. You're working hard, but you're not, you're working more efficiently and in a way that energizes you. Oh, this sounds really great. Uh, Is there any like big standout from the book that you would say thus far? Yeah, gosh, there's like so many things. I think I'm so excited about this book and I do tell everyone about it. There was this one concept that stood out to me uh, that I really got excited about. It's called a non-linear breakthrough or NLB. So a non-linear breakthrough uh, is what she defines as an unexpected sharp turn of clarity or success rather than a linear, long, and otherwise time-consuming analysis or slog. Mm. Uh, It took me a while to understand what this meant, and it's best uh, explained with an example. And she gives this example – Kate, this is so crazy. She gives an example that I was like, I was there. I was at that event. Oh, So – she brings up an example um, at We Are Podcast, at the podcasting conference. Yeah. can't remember which year, but uh, Leanne Hughes, who was in the audience at the time, didn't have a podcast. Okay, She came to this conference because she was super excited. She wanted to start a podcast, but she wanted to learn. She actually didn't have a podcast. And there was a competition that they were running where – you put your podcast, your the name of your podcast in a, in, in a bowl. And if they picked out your podcast, you would get extra exposure and, mm-hmm. and all this other fun stuff. And so she hadn't actually launched. She just had an idea. She dropped that podcast name in a post-it note in the bowl. And she said, well, if mine gets chosen, then I will start my podcast eventually. Uh-huh. Something that she, An idea that she'd been sitting on for years and years and years or however long. I don't know. And then they went to draw. And at the moment that the MC was drawing the winner, she said, I bet you mine's going to be picked. Her name, her podcast name was drawn. It was called out. And in the few seconds that it took to go from her table to the stage to accept, she came up with the elevator pitch of what the podcast was going to be. Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my God, I remember that happening. It was, like, so cool. But the cool thing about this is that – she had sat on this idea and I I can relate to this in so many ways mm. where you have this idea of something that you want to do um, and you just think it's going to take a long time to get there. But there could be a moment something happens that kind of fast forwards yeah. and gets you to that point of, you know, maybe pulling the trigger on something and just finally executing I don't know. I just thought, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I'm excited about this idea for sure. I love this. And the example you give is so spot on. It's kind of almost like the doors finally open or like the clouds part and all of a sudden, like all of the roadblocks or like all of the pit stops or like everything that you have imagined that it's going to take to get to this thing, like suddenly all of them go away and it's just right there for you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear about the next book that you're reading right now. So my nighttime read, which I know that you also have a nighttime read, is a fiction book. And it's called 1Q84 uh, by Haruki Murakami. And this book is over a thousand pages long. Whoa. Yeah, and I've been reading. You have it on your Kindle or like an actual paperback book? No, 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 Kindle. Nighttime read is great on a Kindle okay. because if I'm up all yeah. asleep, I don't feel bad about you know this, 
the light on. Having your little book light on. (laughs) Right. So I love my Kindle for that reason, especially. Um, What? I probably started this book 17 months ago. Oh, my goodness. Trying to think now when I actually started. Because, you know, like you, I get through like a couple of pages. So have you read any any Murakami? Do you know this author? I don't believe so. Okay. Did you ever hear? It was was turned into a movie as well, Norwegian Wood. No. That was one of his other books. I made it into a film. Okay. It's pretty well known. A little bit weird, a little bit out there. This book is, well, it belongs to the category that I actually really love, magic realism. Okay. When I discovered magic realism, uh, one of my favorite books in the genre is 100 Years of Solitude by Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Okay. I've not read that either. Oh, that's one of my all-time favorite books. So, okay. So... What is the book about? So the year is 1984 and the city is Tokyo. A young woman named Aomame follows a taxi driver's enigmatic suggestion and begins to notice puzzling discrepancies in the world around her. She has entered, she realizes, a parallel existence, which she calls 1Q84. Q is for question mark, a world that bears a question. Hmm. I'm glad that you shared the description because I'm thinking like, what does this title mean? (laughs) And there it is. There it is. So so that's kind of the magic realism element, I suppose. One of the, 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 the fact that, you know, that these two parallel worlds that you just accept. Yeah. Uh, are true. Um, I know that like a lot of people say that it like, it drags out, but I think because it's just my nighttime read, I just love just going back into it each night. And yeah, it doesn't matter if some of the scenes are long, like it's well written, it's beautiful descriptions. Um, you know, the characters are, are quirky and interesting. It's a love story. Uh, it's got, you know, it's got a whole lot of elements. And so it, I just, and I don't feel guilty that it's taking me a long time to get through it because yeah. I just like, it's just nice at night to just get back into it. It sounds like a good nighttime read. That's how I felt about ready player one. Have you read ready player one? I tried to read it, but I didn't, yeah, I didn't enjoy it. I yeah. It, it took me a couple of times. I honestly like started and stopped maybe three or four times, but John just raves about this as like one of his favorite books. And so I was like, I've got to be missing something. And you know what? It turned into a great nighttime read. And after, I don't know, like two years or something, I finally finished it. (laughs) Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people raved about that book. I think it's like, maybe I just was like, oh, it's it's got all that video game element to it. I'm like, I've never been a gamer, so I'm not interested in gaming. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also set in the 80s, right? Yes. And looking forward to like the 2030s or something thereabouts, if I remember correctly. So it's interesting that like it takes place in a time that was like, you know, the decade that I was born. And it's also looking forward to a time that I'm living in right now. So, Uh yeah, I'm not like super big into those futuristic like let's think about all the things that are going to be wrong with our world in 20, 30, 40, 50 years, um, Mm -hmm. which is what this kind of is but i don't know i thought it was interesting anyway nice okay yeah maybe i'll try and read it again (laughs) okay what's next next is a book that i also am super into and i love dipping in and out of it the power of regret how looking backward moves us forward by daniel pink Mm -hmm. nonfiction, of course 
I first heard about this book when I got into a slight change of plans, my uh, Shankar's podcast that we've just recently talked about as well. Yeah. She had Daniel on. They were discussing the book and I was like, I've got to get this book and just plan to just get it on, on Kindle and then read it eventually. But I just started reading it and I just, you know, want to keep, you know, whenever I go back in and out, I just keep, keep going through it because it's such a good book. Yeah, I'm so excited to dive into it. Well, I'm just one third into the book. Um, and okay, so I know that we've talked about regret before. And what I love about this book is that it provides that a counter perspective to our modern day, no regrets, YOLO, all of that, mm-hmm. right? That we think like, okay, this is how to live. But what Pink argues is, and what has come out of it through the research is that Regret is something that actually makes us better. It actually, it's a human thing that we shouldn't discount. Like we, sh- they actually say if you can't process regret, then your brain's actually not functioning as it should. So mm. it's actually a very necessary thing to have, and it actually makes us better. It helps us to make better decisions. And so there was this massive survey that was done, um, like over sixteen thousand people in different countries, and it turns out that there are four types of regrets. Okay, what do you have those four that you can share? Yeah, so the first one is a foundation regret, and that regret is basically it sounds like um, if only I'd done the work. So people who you know, you might look back on your life and you might think, oh, if only I'd worked harder, if only I'd saved more money, if I'd studied more, maybe health-related ones, like if, I, if only I hadn't smoked or drank as much, mm-hmm. I'd be healthier now. So it's kind of looking at those decisions that we make that kind of don't have the foresight. Um, they're kind of short-term decisions that you make, maybe on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um and if you were to make a different decision, like a, a sacrifice, a short-term sacrifice, the payoff would be much more long-term and beneficial. Okay. So that's a foundation regret. Then there are boldness regrets. I love this one. These ones are like, um, say, if only I'd taken that risk. If only I'd mm. taken that made that decision that seemed quite risky at the time I feel like that's a type of regret that I think of often like that comes up for me a lot in decision making yeah I'm like I don't want to spend the rest of my life wishing that I had like taken this chance or like tried this thing so yeah that resonates with me for sure yeah I'm the same like when when I read this I was thinking oh I could totally relate to that in my early years like I remember thinking why didn't I take a gap year Mm. why didn't I you know study abroad why didn't I do those things that just felt like they're a bit risky they're you know big yeah but I didn't do it Uh, but then I feel like in the second half of my life I feel like taking that chance and leaving teaching going into entrepreneurship is the a bit of a boldness bold move I suppose that I did eventually make so yeah definitely interesting well there are two more but I'm I haven't finished I've only got one more to share because I haven't gotten to the fourth one okay Uh, the other one is a, a moral regret and these are regrets that are you know being unfaithful uh anything people uh bullying um not speaking up and it's basically you think back on that and you you say you know if only i had done the right thing and it was really surprising how many people actually 
um, shared, you know, that the, th- this is something that they did and that they actually um, regretted, you know, these regrets of hurting other people was were a lot more common than, than you know, than, than he expected. Yeah, that's one that like when you give that example, then because when you first told me about this book and um, that was how we started having the discussion about the Maya episode that we discussed and everything. I found it hard to get into a space where I'm thinking like, but wait a second. And I listened to the episode of him on Maya's podcast, which was fantastic. We'll link it up in the um, notes of this episode. The way that he describes the importance of regret is something that I had never considered before. And Mm. I think that this one is a really good example of why it's important to have regrets because this one in particular To me, it just seems like it teaches you so much, right? Like if you can look back and say, I regret, you know, being a bully in school or Mm -hmm. like something like that, that shapes you being a better person. It gives you the opportunity to change, right? Because you have that regret because you know what it was like to be in that situation and you can now make a different choice. And so, yeah, I don't know. That one like really stands out to me to prove his point of why it's important exactly no that's the thing i think that's why i got so into this book and you know it's that shift in perspective of realizing how beneficial it is to process regret because of those lessons um and yeah and there was something about especially in the moral regrets chapter it it almost kind of reinstates your faith in people because this idea of people kind of thinking about maybe even being kept up at night you know pondering how they've maybe hurt someone and you know and it compromised on their values and they regret that you kind of realize yeah people actually want to be good in that mm-hmm. in that moment that that is actually what they're striving for they're striving to be good people um so that's why i think this book is really quite um profound and and, and i think everyone should read it <laughs> yeah definitely well i right before we hit record on this episode i sent it to my kindle so i will definitely be diving in <laughs> Maybe we'll do a dedicated episode. I don't know. (laughs) I would actually love to do that because I think that we've talked about doing kind of a part two on regret too. So this would Mm -hmm. be a good way to, to look at regret from a different angle. Yeah, it's totally shifted my um, understanding of it and how I feel about regret. So for sure. Mm. I feel like those types of books are the best that when you finish, you really do have like a new take on something. You feel just... I don't know if educated, more educated is the right word, but I don't know. You have a wider lens, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What else? You have one more, right? Last. I've got one more. Last one. And actually, this one I got halfway through, and then I decided to stop reading it. Mm. But it is a great book. Definitely a great book. It's called The Alter Ego Effect. The Power of Secret Identities to Transform Your Life, uh, another nonfiction book by um, Todd Herman. Mm-hmm. You heard of this one? Yes. I'm actually a big fan of Todd Herman. I like his perspective, his take on things. I think he's an excellent teacher. I've watched a lot mm. of his videos. Yes. Um, and I've read a lot of his content. I know of this book, but I haven't read it. So why did you decide to stop reading it? Well, well, and I decided to pick it up because I actually heard him speak at an event mm. um, and, and got to chat to him. And I think he's an incredible guy, absolutely incredible. And I think this book is super 
can be like super game changing for a lot of people. Um, well, the you know the concept of it is that that we need to show up in different ways in different areas of our life, whether it's, you know, at work, you have a sales role and you have to be a particular way. Um, When you come home, you might be a mother or a father. And, you know, that requires you to be, um, you know, to be a, to kind of step into like a different identity. Yeah, to show up in a different way. Like we're yeah. showing up in all these areas of our life. And sometimes we're not showing up the way we want to or the way we need to. And so this is an excellent book to really break down like what are those traits of the person I want to be in that area of my life. Um, and in a way then you create this alter ego that allows you to show up and be this version of yourself that really performs well and, you know, achieves what it is that you want to achieve. I'm probably not really doing it justice. Um, I guess one of the examples that he opens up with, which everyone might know, is that Beyonce had an alter ego Mm. when she started out in her career. Um, So from her upbringing and when she had to start performing, she actually found it quite hard to, you know, perform in the way that was expected of her and the way she had to perform on stage and she actually created an alter ego and then eventually of course you know she became who she is and she and then this is the thing people can let go of that alter ego but the alter ego allows them to kind of reach that level um, that they want or need in any area of life so I think it's like a it is such a powerful book I really do think it's a great book and I just felt personally for me I'm not going to apply this because I really do think it makes you do the work and then you you either choose to apply, um, you know, kind of this overarching principle or or not. So I've kind of just left it halfway. But I'm, now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, I might dip back into it. Do you feel, though, that like sometimes I will read books and think like this is excellent information, like super powerful for anybody who's in a headspace right now where they're trying to maybe kind of like overcome um, in this case, you know, being able to get to that next level or perform in a certain area of their life where they don't feel like they're doing that. And, you know, I think for some people, like maybe you don't feel that you have an area of your life where you need to create an alter ego, which is like, I can understand why that would maybe be a reason that you'd say, okay, this is a wonderful, but I'm not going to mm. do, I don't need this. Yeah. Did you feel that way or? I kind of, I feel, I, I don't know why I feel like um, saying that, admitting to that just feels like, oh, but I'm sure there must be a need for it. I'm sure I must need an alter ego in some area of my life. Because, I mean, the, the examples are really compelling, like athletes, I guess people that have uh, habits or limiting beliefs or certain blockages that, yeah, I guess... Yeah, maybe maybe right now I'm just yeah not not very clear on an area of my life that I really need this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's just what it comes down to. But I think it can help a lot of people. So yeah. I definitely definitely think it's worthwhile to consider it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, these are all sound like excellent books. I'm excited to. I'm definitely going to be checking out the Power of Regret. This is awesome. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. All right, Kate, it's your turn now. I want to hear about all the books you're reading. 
All right. I'm excited to share. So the first book that I'm going to talk about is called The Art of Gathering, How We Meet and Why It Matters. This is by Priya Parker, and it's nonfiction, of course. And I've enjoyed this book. It's a It's a little bit slow, but, you know, some nonfiction books that are kind of like trying to teach you something can be. Um, But it's really well written. And I think that she gives a lot of really great examples. I'm probably like halfway through right now. I would like for it to be a little bit more fun. (laughs) You know, a lot Mm -hmm. of it does seem very like how to, but maybe it'll pick up a little bit. And this actually been one that I've been reading before bed, which is not typical because, you know, you and I talked about maybe doing fiction before bed because then you're not like having all these ideas running through your head. But, you know, I've enjoyed this more foundational approach to event planning because, you know, we host so many like community centric things. We do a lot of events. Um, Even in my personal life, I feel like we're hosting a lot, have people over, do parties and stuff. So I appreciate the lens of like looking at events and gatherings. Like, what's the purpose of this? How do I want people to feel while they're gathering here? And kind of how you can create that through your planning and preparation and all of that. So um, it's interesting. And to be honest, I may or may not finish it. But even if I don't finish it, I feel like what I've gotten from it so far has been uh, positive. So Interesting. The art of gathering. I feel like you could write a book on uh, on bringing people together because, like you said, oh, you do so much thank of it. You. Is that why? <laughs> is that why you picked it up? Because you thought it could. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was kind of curious what she had to say about it, and to yeah, kind of see like, am I already implementing these things? Like, am I already doing this, or mm-hmm. or maybe not? And I would like have some huge aha moment. Well, similar to I suppose what we just said with the alter ego effect, it might be you know, this is actually quite helpful for someone who doesn't have a lot of experience in bringing people together and creating that. But since you do, maybe you're not the target audience. Yeah, very true. Very true. Mm. Yeah. What else? All right. So the next one is called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. And this is Matthew Perry's memoir. Um, So he was one of the, I know that you didn't watch Friends. No, but but I, he was one of the main characters on Friends. Um, Chan, his his character is Chandler. And he recently did an interview. Well, actually, I don't know if, if it is super recent. I recently watched an interview that he did with Diane Sawyer. And he opens up very vulnerably and very candidly about um, his struggles with addiction and depression and really like powerful, really shocking to be honest, because like as somebody who's obsessed with that show, I mean, I think I did hear at one time because he actually says during his interview with Diane, you could have seen the journey I was going through just based on like my weight loss and gain between seasons that when I was really heavy into drinking and depressed, I gained weight. And then when I was really into the drugs, I'd lose weight. And like, that was very noticeable if you were like an avid watcher of friends. So I'm excited to dive into this. I I actually think his interview with Diane, now that I'm thinking of it was probably talking about this book coming out. So I'm nodding because 
you're right I didn't watch Friends and 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 I wouldn't have known the character that he played but um when we have our lunch breaks Omar usually watches something on YouTube and I remember him actually watching this interview and I caught Oh really? I caught bits of it and I remember mm. seeing um how just how vulnerable and how painful and his whole experience how he opened up about such a difficult difficult time like it was really intense right and yeah it was kind of it was moving like it was really sad yeah and what i appreciate i've only read the first few pages of the book but he actually talks about how how much of a struggle this still is for him like Mm. in his present life today like every single day is a battle and i haven't really read much or become super educated myself around addiction being an actual disease. And I really think that it's important for people to understand that, especially if someone's struggling with that, to understand how to deal with it or how to manage it or how to get help or any of those things. Um, But yeah, like you said, just incredibly powerful. And I think that it's very brave of him to use, you know, what a big platform and mm. voice he has to be able to share this because he it, he d- is super vulnerable about it. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll be, I'll be keen to hear yeah, how the book goes and probably pick it up myself too. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Next up, the third book that I'll share. It's called The Joy of Missing Out, Live More by Doing Less. And this is by Tanya Dalton. And I don't remember exactly how I started reading this book, but I definitely remember the title standing out to me, The Joy of Missing Out, because, you know, we've talked on this podcast and I've shared like countless other times in my content, like for Entrepreneurs on Fire and my podcast, Kate's Take, about saying no and Mm. the power of saying no. And that's a lot of what she talks about. She talks about discovering choice, like, you know, every time you're saying yes or no to something, that's a choice that you're making. Um, She talks about other themes that definitely resonated with me, like ownership, um, the power of knowing what's most important to you, because that helps informs your choices and your decisions. Yeah, she talks Mm -hmm. about setting boundaries, productivity. I mean, all literally every chapter and every topic that she hits in this book, I'm just coming to the end of it now. So I I have pretty much read through the entire thing at this point. But everything, I'm just like nodding my head like, yes, 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 yes. (laughs) And um, she really echoes a lot of uh, one of my favorite books all of all time ever um, in the nonfiction space, which is Greg McEwen's Essentialism. Uh, There are a lot of echoes from that book. So I loved this book. I think for anybody who cares about their time and wants to learn how to manage it better, that it's an excellent book to pick up. I think this sounds so great. And just like that whole idea of like thinking that regret, no regrets is a great thing. And it's like, hang on Mm. a second, there's another perspective. Same with the fear of missing out and all of that. I love how this turns, you know, those conventional ideas on its head. Recently, the funny thing is that you say this, I read like one of the paradoxes of life is that the more choices we have the less satisfied we are Mm, with each one interesting 
So, yeah, yeah, right? Like, and if you think about it, it's like every time you've got such, and this is our life right now, right? We've got infinite choices in so many things, whether it's boxes of cereal at the supermarket to, mm-hmm. to career choices, whatever. Um, and because we have so much choice, we're often left feeling like, oh, I should have made another choice or the other one would have been better. And we're just constantly dissatisfied. So does that kind, kind of, come of like up? the grass is always greener, right? Yeah. 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 But she does talk about choices, uh, that, that whole like discover choice, which was quite towards the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that I highlighted that really stood out to me is she said choices may feel difficult because when we eliminate options and miss out in quotes on purpose, we feel that we are limiting ourselves. But in reality, that's what allows us the freedom to live the life we really want. So she does talk about like this feeling of, oh, I don't want to say that I'm not going to do that Mm. because what if I want to do it? And then that option's not going to be there anymore. So yeah, I guess that in in a way is kind of like that, huh? Yeah, I like this. I really like this. I'm I'm definitely going to pick this book up. I think this is, these are good reminders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good reminders, definitely. Okay, my last book is a fiction book and it's called The Midnight Library by Matt Haig. Hag, H-A-I-G. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, I'm just diving into this book actually for the second time. This is one of those books that I started and then I put it down and thought, I don't really know if this is for me. Um, But my sister-in-law told me that it is her favorite book that she's ever read. And so I'm going to give it another try. (laughs) So to describe it, I'm just going to share part of the description that is literally on Amazon or (laughs) on the book itself, Um, because again, I really haven't given it enough time to be able to describe it in my own words. (laughs) Um, So the description says, somewhere out beyond the edge of the universe, there is a library that contains an infinite number of books, each one the story of another reality. One tells the story of your life as it is, along with another book for the other life that you could have lived if you had made a different choice at any point in your life. This actually kind of seems, sounds a little bit like the book that you were talking about. Um, it goes on to say, while we all wonder how our lives might have been, what if you had the chance to go to the library and see for yourself? Would any of these other lives truly be better? This sounds like such a good book. I know it sounds excellent, right? That's why I'm just like, I'm a little frustrated that I couldn't get into it the first time, especially after my sister-in-law's recommendation as well. So I'm excited to give it another try. This is going to be my nighttime read. Okay. Oh, I think this sounds, you know, I feel like now someone else mentioned this book to me. So it's, I probably did the rounds. We did the rounds. Mm. This, this sounds really yeah. cool. Did you read Choose Your Own Adventure books when you were a kid? Yes. You did? Yeah, I did. I don't remember the names of any of them, but... I don't know why. I just I thought of those Choose Your Own Adventure books when you read this description. Oh, it's, yeah. it's probably nothing like that. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, this sounds really interesting. And so it's not science fiction-y. Is it science fiction or is it more like magical? Mm, no, no, it's more like I, I would actually describe it the same way. What was the way that you described the magic realism? The magic realism. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe kind of like that. Mm. I could be way off again. I've I read like 
maybe 10 pages and set it down. Okay. Uh, this, this, I'm now out of all these, I'm so glad you shared these because now out of all of these books, I definitely want to pick this book. Up. You know what I'm thinking too, as we've gone through this, which I had so much fun sharing the books that we're reading right now. I, I hope that our friends have enjoyed this too. Maybe they have a book or two that they want to pick up after this. But I also think it would be fun to do an episode on just like our favorite books. That would be fun. Yes. You know, not necessarily that we're reading right now, but Mm -hmm. our favorite books of like all time. Yeah, I'd love to revisit the 100 Years of Solitude that I talked about. Um, Mm. Definitely, definitely have some books up there. Yeah, I just looked it up on Goodreads. So it is does belong to fiction, fantasy and magic realism is one of the genres as well. And it won the winner for best fiction in 2020. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. Books are so good. I love books. They are. And they make great gifts. They do too. They make great gifts. If ever I'm stuck on a gift, I always feel like you can't go wrong with the book. So true. All right, Nicole. Well, as we close out today's chat on what books we're reading right now, we hope that you friends have picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. If you have a friend in mind who might also enjoy our chats, share the podcast with them too. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time.